Hello, I am Mark Tucker. And I am Alan Furstenberg, and we are Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Well, we're kind of doing this intro at the end, aren't we, Alan? Uh, yeah, I guess we are. Um, so to explain to people, Mark and I just had a, a really good conversation that fortunately we recorded um, and then decided to turn into an episode. So uh, we needed to record the opening. And uh, I don't know, do you want to say anything about it before we... we rewind and go back to the beginning mark <laughs> well just to set you up we're going to be talking about a potential open source project um, called post apl um, so you can process uh, apl documents with javascript plugins or even a pipeline of javascript plugins um, so this is just kind of our you know my idea my exploration and just kind of our you know chat about uh, about that experience very good so Let's rewind and uh, and uh, take it from the beginning. Sure. So so start over. Tell me about what what the the rough idea behind this was. Okay. So if you've worked in um, web development and done CSS, there are a number of things called preprocessors. Um, was it SCSS? SCSS? SCC? Yeah, Stylus. There's a number of, of different ones that you can, and, and you can add some special tags and stuff to your CSS and then run it through this processor and it spits out CSS. Right. Well, there's a project called Post CSS, which is kind of a misnomer because it's not necessarily always happens after, it's just a processor. and. <laughs> Uh, no, post is shorter than process. I'm not sure exactly why they called it post CSS, but the idea is, is that you would run a particular document. It could be CSS or it could be something that was is marked up with certain tags or something. And it would run it through a pipeline of plugins and each plugin is a JavaScript code where you could then walk through the, the CSS. Well, it takes the CSS, turns it into an abstract syntax tree and then you could manipulate the abstract syntax tree, changing values, adding items, doing stuff. And then the output would be um, CSS or, or like probably CSS, right. uh, most likely. Quickly, I mean, quickly looking at the page, I can kind of get what the point of some of this is, you know? So mm -hmm. it, it lets you do things like, you know, um, you know, currently there's uh, a lot of, browser specific attributes. So, yes. because they haven't been fully standardized yet. So sometimes you need to, you know, so it would make sense if you just create the one standard version or semi-standard version, mm -hmm. and then have this generator automatically generate all of the variants of it. Like, I'm like okay, this makes sense or yeah. yeah. So it's it's transforming CSS with JavaScript plugins, a pipeline of JavaScript yeah. plugins. Okay, this makes sense. So so last week I just had this idea that I just really couldn't get out of my head until I started until I coded enough of it to to kind of prove out the concept and see if it would work, and and it, and it did. In my little proof of concept, I was able to uh, do the same thing. But my idea was to have post APL, <laughs> so you could have a you know, a pipeline of plugins that would transform APL um, from one, you know, one for in one state to another. And, you know, you could do a number of different things in there that would be clever. Like when you create a component, um, actually uh, APL is very 
forgiving as long as it's inside of the main template or inside of the layout section. And as long as it has a parameter called type, you can put whatever you want to, which means you could then put placeholders in your APL and then run it through a pipeline and have a, you know, one or more uh, JavaScript plugins, look for those tags and then replace them with certain things or. Now, I I guess the first thing that that would come to mind about this is, well, how much do you need that? Because I mean, the reason why you need it in CSS Mm -hmm. is because CSS is not a templating language. So post all of the other things and post CSS all essentially add templating to or amongst their other features can add templating to it. But APL is a templating language. So it is a templating language. It's just, I, I think, or at least the idea behind that I wanted to explore was, well, there may be things that you want to uh, make an API call for or standardize in some sort of a file and then process all of your APL files the same. So for example, when, 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 yeah, you, okay. when you open up a document, there is a background color that shows on the screen before the document loads. And there's certain parameters or certain things that you set. You could have a standard, have a plugin that has a configuration that says, this is what I'm, how I'm defining that. You don't have to actually define it in any of your APL that you've got in your project, but then you run it through the pipeline. And when it hits that point, it's gonna go ahead and make sure all of those are standard. So, so how much of this could eliminate boilerplate, for example? Um, Cause you know, if, if that's the sort of thing, you know, if you need to set font size, for example, Yep. In a bunch of different templates, maybe this give, you know means that you don't need to specify it at all. You just specify it as one of the the plugin rules, and as yeah. it generates it, you know from from all of the source ones, it's now automatically inserting some of these defaults. Yeah, and I think there are some things like that that could be smart. Like you could have defined. Um, like a certain number of like resources, the, the mechanism in, in APL for defining something that's reused multiple times throughout with a certain value could be like, oh, this color is going to be used all throughout the system or this um, this size, you know, this margin width or something like that. You can use, you know, define that once as a resource and then use that all, all through the, the process. So you could then, um, you know, use that to, um, define, oh, I've got like a theme and it's going to be a red theme and maybe it generates five different color resources that are named a standard way based on what color you choose for your theme. And then all you have to do is use these resources throughout. And when you run it through the processor, your config value is I want it to be red or I want it to Mm -hmm. be blue or I want, so, you know, or my primary color, secondary color, or, you know, things like that. I guess the question though is you could also include those resource mm-hmm. resources in the document itself. You could. In, well, in the data itself. That is true as well. So there are some, yeah, there are some options. Um, like here's another example that might <clears throat> might sell it a little bit more. Like maybe I go through maybe I can go through and process this document and find out every property that accepts a color maybe there is like the, the word red or the hex number and maybe red is used is hard coded in multiple places. Maybe you could have a plugin that would go through and evaluate all those 
And if it wasn't a data uh, binding expression um, or a, a function, well, because there was like RGB functions, but that might even work. You could then say, I want to check to see if there's a resource that's named that. If not, create a resource, color one, color two, whatever it is. And then- Default it to this value, yeah. And then and then, then throughout, then just start replacing it and start moving your code. And then, then you've got like a pass through where you clean up all your code and it just creates the resources for you based on these different rules. So okay. I guess I could see merit to this. Yeah. So there is, you know, there's some you know, different uh, ways. I don't necessarily have a super strong use case, but the idea of, of being able to process APL was something that was that was interesting. And so I spent some time on like last last Friday night. Um, I worked on it and got it to a point where I thought it was working and I was you know kind of using some of the, the syntax or code from post CSS about how they structured their process um, function and um, and how I, they did plugins. And I had a couple of sample plugins written and I didn't really, at the time, didn't feel like I, I needed to change the JSON into an abstract syntax tree because you could just manipulate the JSON. JSON. Um, but what I what I did, which was was fun, was being able to go through and, and you could then specify JSON by saying, you know, property dot property dot zero. So like if that previous property was an array, then it would be like index zero dot property. Mm-hmm. And then and then you could like find nodes that based off those paths and manipulate them or add things in. Did you ever use XPath with XML? I sure did. It's I, I had similar issues when I started doing the same sort of thing on uh, on JavaScript objects for multivocal is I had this notion of a path. Yeah. And I wanted to be able to specify things like, um, you know, this path being the obvious one, but also the last element in this path or add on to this element in this path, you know, to the array that's, that's yeah. there, you know, so... I had, I had similar um, issues, let's say. <laughs> so anyways, I, so I, I, got, I thought, okay, like Friday night, I'm like, okay, I got to a point on Saturday, um, then I'll, I'll be able to just uh, you know, kind of package it up a little bit uh, and, and be able to send it out. But then the more I kind of tested it, I'm like, well, I don't know that I'm happy that it's a, a JSON object. And there, and there was some stuff I was doing. I was using actually a library instead of just the standard, you know, loading up of, of, of JSON. Because at least in APL Ninja, you can have comments in it. I'm not sure. I haven't actually really tested in the actual library, uh, you know, API stuff that, uh, that Alexa gives as far as returning back a directive if the APL can have comments in it or not. That's an um, interesting one. Yeah, but but because, I so I because, so I use like because standard well because yeah. standard JSON does not allow comments. In fact, it very explicitly, explicitly does does not. not allow comments. Yeah, but so 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 then I like I looked at this like JSON C parser and that would allow me to actually parse parse the comments. And then I found another one which was actually a JSON to um, abstract uh, syntax tree um, library, mm-hmm. which I'm like that's kind of cool because then I would actually get. Um, these different objects. And so then, you know, I kind of went down the rabbit hole there and I'm like, well, I could find it in a path off the abstract syntax tree, but I would have to change some things. But I could also then use this approach where the plugin could use the visitor pattern and, you know, go through. I, I almost hate to suggest this one to you. 
because okay. it might totally derail you or it might. <laughs> I've already been derailed like two or three times on my approach on this. You've heard of the JQ command, right? Yes, I have. And I've used things like uh, Jasonata. Um, Jasonata, I've never heard of. Um, and, 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 you know, and there are, you know, different, different ways that you can access you know, like JSON schema. There's a number of things. And that's, that's also like, that's something else that like, if Amazon were to release a JSON schema for <laughs> an each, actual of schema. Versions, <laughs> each of the versions of the different documents, they have layouts, they have styles and they have viewports, um, something or other, if they were to, and for each of the ver versions had a schema file, you could then check to see if the document supports that schema, because there's a part in your APL document that you have to specify, well, what is the version that this supports? Well, you could, if you had an, some of this extra information, have a plugin that would go through and say, set that property to the least required version right. of APL. Well, I mean, the other thing that you could do is, you know, if you have a version, if you've got something that you've built for 1.8, you could have a plugin that downgrades it to 1.7. Exactly. And you know, this way feed it to feed the right version to whatever can support it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, mm -hmm. it means you're you're downgrading. Um, but what I was thinking with JQ was that it has a lot of these rewrite rules as part of it already. Okay. And it has that path notation already defined. So, and it's open source. So it may be mm -hmm. worth looking into to see if you can build everything you want to build on top of JQ as a series of JQ scripts. Yeah, that would be interesting. Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still kind of going back and forth. Do I, is the source of the thing that you're manipulating actually the JSON document or is it going to be an abstract syntax tree? So I could potentially add comments as well or even like read comments and say this, I could use comments as directives, part of, as directives inside of my thing or, or, or hints Yeah, that would like, okay, so if you're using this plugin, then go through and in your document, add comments, which was explicitly the reason why they did not right, want they totally, to add comments right. in JSON. <laughs> it's exciting. And, and, you know, after a while, like, I, I started thinking about it. I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's a, if there's a, a post JSON, because I'm like, and, the, and there was, there was a project that was created like six or seven years ago, but then it hasn't been touched in, in years. And it didn't look like it had the plugin capability in it, which was kind of the, what I was using for that, yeah. that functionality. And instead of just being JSON specific, I was definitely thinking that would be APL specific because you could check a certain node and say, um, is it a style or is it a, well, right. um, I, I, is I it a resource? And there's some you know specific like candy that you could add that would make it easy to know how to navigate an APL document. Right. I think certainly, you know, see, now I have it stuck in my head to build it on top of JQ. Um, <laughs> but, but I think if you did, or if you stole large chunks of JQ to, to build it, that you, you would be defining shortcuts to, yes. to, to navigate portions of it because they're the common portions you need to navigate. Or you know you need a way to to load what version you're targeting you know what version it says it's set to yeah and just have that stored as a variable somewhere because you're always going to need that or you're always going to need various other things 
Yeah, um, and 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 it was interesting because I like originally I had read, written it so it would actually go against the 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 tree. What it would do is it would go to the first node and then it would say, okay, plugins one through X, you know, check to see, and it would have like a can can process and a process, and so it would check to see if if the plugin even cared about that mm -hmm. particular node, and and that worked fine. Um, but then that was kind of the thing that I, I went down multiple rabbit holes on, on Saturday doing was that I realized that post CSS does one plugin traverses the whole document, the second plugin traverses. So there isn't really necessarily a need for the plugin itself to say, can I support this or not? It's just, you're in the plugin and then you can either grab something by path. And then the problem was, well, how do I navigate an abstract syntax tree by path when it's, when it's the JSON, mm -hmm. that would be something I had to add in. Um, but then I did like the idea of having the visitor pattern as another option where you can say, instead of like, I just want to go to the specific path and change this thing. It's like, I want to process all literal nodes, but I would like, well, what if I wanted to change that and say, I wanted to process all resource nodes. And so then, you know, add some additional things to that. And so that took, you know, a huge part of the day. And I, in the, in the end, I, I realized I wasn't, I, I hadn't got to some sort of resolution yet. Um, and so this, the idea is still kind of nagging in the back of my head. I'm not sure when I'll readdress not, it. Not, not like our, design decision quickly about how we were going to change speech markdown to support. Yeah. This. <laughs> well, and see, and that's, that's part of my problem is, is that I have all these ideas and, and some of them, well, I, a number of them I release as open source software, and then they have varying degrees of, um, you know, usage. And then I have to keep maintaining them plus all the other things that I had yeah. really, or at least I thought I had good ideas about. Right. <laughs> I, I hear you there on multivocal. <laughs> I'll, I'll match your speech markdown and raise you a multivocal. Is that what you're doing? No, I don't think it's a raise you. <laughs> it's more of a, I've got all these ideas. And, yeah. um, you know, every so often someone will ask, someone <clears throat> will ask, so where's the Alexa version of multivocal anyway? And I'll go, yeah, I, I'm that. not sure who would, who would do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, this sounds very cool though, but I, I definitely understand the uh, another open source project to maintain. Yeah. So I, I, I still am excited about it. I still think it has potential, um, but I'll just have to uh, kind of see when I to revisit it. And so, okay, this is, this is full disclosure. So the bunny APL project that I created on Saturday night, was because I wanted to create something that I actually got accomplished over the weekend. I totally, totally <laughs> hear you on that one. And then of course I couldn't just say, oh, here, set the very the value for the emoji for what the bunny's holding. I had to try to figure out some sort of expanding sidebar panel thing, which was, I'm just like, that, that, that added a couple of hours to it. Um, plus I had to get help from Alexander Martin because I-, I I got a tell better you idea on how to do it than I did. <laughs> I, I saw um, Dana Gibson looks like he's working on actually turning that into a skill and publishing the code behind that skill. Oh, that would be awesome! Do it, Dana. So that would be cool. uh, maybe by the time you know, I, maybe by the time this airs, he'll have published uh, published that already. Yeah, um, and then you know, it has all kinds of. You, you can have another panel where you could say instead of that bunny, you know, ASCII, you know, image, you could have various other ones and. 
Right. You know, but, but also, you know, when you, when you select uh, what it's holding, it tells you what it's holding and yep. you can issue voice commands to change colors. And, you know, so it's yep. this showing change color to red, change right. background color to blue. Showing, showing what the, uh, how, how, how everything works together. Yeah. And, and what's kind of fascinating is that, yeah, I, that, that has zero backend code. That is all APL manipulation, uh, data binding and commands. It's kind of fun, fun APL thing. So yeah, so I, I, I ended up doing that because I felt like I needed to get something accomplished. <laughs> I can say I started something and finished something this week. I, I totally get that. <laughs> hey, so Alan. Yes, Mark. So last week we were talking about this idea that I had that I've been kind of mulling over and I tried working on it. It's just kind of, and so after we talked, then um, I actually had some good progress made. So I was just, well, that happens I think a lot of times when we're developing something that something just kind of uh, sits in the back of our mind. Yeah, it just yeah. kind of sets and you start thinking about it and you're like, hey, I wonder if I tried it this. And it's one of those things where I tried an approach, it didn't quite work um, exactly how I wanted it to. And then I um, I thought about trying it a, a different way uh, last weekend. And, and I started making progress and I started making more progress to the point that now the idea is a reality. It is called post-APL and uh, it's open source. It's out of, on uh, GitHub on its own organization, its own repo. Um, just look for uh, post-APL and you'll find not only the, um, the post-APL uh, project itself, but the core uh, project. To, yeah, the core project, the, 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 the project that has the function that is the processor that accepts plugins that that you will feed input in as an APL document and then mm -hmm. be able to write out the resulting APL document after it runs through each of those different plugins that you've configured. Um, so that that's the post APL project. There are two sample plugins, plus there's a boilerplate plugin project. So if you were to go to the boilerplate project, you can actually run a little wizard. It will ask you some questions in the, in the uh, command line, uh, let you, uh, Give it a name. There's even you know, a place where you can, you know, do arrow keys up to a point where you can edit the text that's there. And when that happens, then you will have a starter project with the references that you need, um, with the you know sample uh, documentation that you can fill in the blanks on. Um, so yeah, all of this stuff, great, you know, great stuff that I was able to to uh, repurpose over from the the post CSS project. And um, so, so it's out there. Um, Fantastic. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and the, and the couple different uh, plugins that we have, um, there's a, a plugin that's a um, uses uh, mermaid, which is a charting or graphing library for JavaScript. Um, so it, ah, okay. I, I, I saw you posting about wondering if people would be interested in seeing what a, a chart of their APL documents would look like. And, and I'm like, where's this coming from? <laughs> so that was one of the ideas. So, you know, when I had the idea, I started thinking about, well, what were some of the plugins? Um, and I wanted to have a couple of plugins out there to uh, show people how you know easy it is to, to create a plugin. Um, so it goes through and, and identifies every object node uh, that's a component under main templates in your APL document, and it does a tree. So like this container has um, 
two ch children, one's a container, the other one's a frame. That frame has a text, you know, you can, um, and it'll go ahead and print out the, the data file that you can then go to mermaid.live, paste it in, and you can see a chart. Um, I also cool. was interested and curious on, um, as far as the abstract syntax tree that gets, uh, cause when you, uh, so, you went, it, so, so when, that's one of the things I was going to ask is, yeah. so, so in doing this, you're going, you went the AST route. Yes, I did. Cause we had, we had talked about a couple of different possible approaches. Yeah. So, so, um, the library they already have is like JSON to AST. So it already creates an abstract syntax tree, um, from a, a JSON document. And so there is an object that gets passed into every plugin called result. And it has an, a property called root, which is that abstract syntax tree. So plugin one could manipulate um, that, uh, that tree. Then when it gets passed out to plugin two, then it's the manipulated tree and it just keeps going through. You can mm -hmm. build and manipulate and do whatever you want. And at the end, then that tree gets uh, transformed back into um, JSON, APL, um, and and you're good to go. So this one doesn't. The, this this uh, mermaid chart is a is what I call a reporter. It doesn't really do any transformations at all. But you can actually uh, spit out a chart of the components inside of your APL document, as well as the abstract syntax tree. If you're kind of trying to understand, well, what you know, what, what is, is that this doing? What's what, yeah? What how, what does this look like? How does how do I use this? If you're creating a plugin and aren't quite sure what all the objects are. Um, you can look at that as a, on a specific uh, um, a project, and so so very cool. So a couple of other questions. So one of one of the things you were debating at the time was whether to whether the the JSON would allow comments and whether those comments would have any directives attached to it. What route did you go on that front? So I found out that um, with this library that I've used uh, to convert the JSON to AST, it does accept comments. Um, and you can have a comment at what they define as the document level. So when you have a JSON um, object, the root of it could either be an object or an array. So what this library does when it creates an abstract syntax tree, it creates a document node that is the parent, and then that could have a single child, which is either an array or an object. Okay. So, so uh, you start off at that, that, uh, that document object. So there can be comments associated uh, at the document level, at the object level, and at the array level, but it's it doesn't look like it's necessarily associated with any like specific property on an object. So there might okay. be some there might be some challenges to using it. And uh, you know, I haven't tried. If there's some like directives that you wanted to give at the object level or at the array level, then you could probably do that. But um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure how that's that's going to okay. play out. So, so it's an open source project now. You've got these some, yep. a couple of example plugins. What what are you hoping people will contribute? I mean, that's the great thing about open source is uh, <laughs> getting others to to dive in and buy into your vision. What what are what kinds of stuff are you looking for? Either looking for help on or hoping that the community just does because you feel the community yep. needs it. Yeah. So hopefully the. Um, the APL, um, the post APL library itself is is at a state that it's usable enough as is. Not necessarily looking for enhancements to that, but but I am open to you know people creating issues or or extending the functionality of that. Mostly looking for people to create plugins. 
Um, you could create plugins if you're doing something on your own and just have it private to your own project because it's something that's going to run during your you know, pipeline as part of processing your APL documents. But I'm really hoping that people will take those. It doesn't take that much extra effort to uh, publish it um, and just make it available um, you know, for everybody. You can do that on your own GitHub um, repo. Uh, if you want, and just let, there's a, actually a process to go through and add that to the official list of um, plugins that are on the, the, the post APL repo, but, or if for some reason you just want to contribute the code and don't necessarily want um, it on your own GitHub, you could, you know, contribute to the post APL and just making an official post APL plugin as well. So that's something else looking for, or just using it feedback. Um, looking for a logo, if somebody wants <laughs> to design a logo, um, so you don't get the, the default GitHub uh, logo, then um, that would be something that would be helpful too. How about documentation? Um, yeah, there is quite a bit uh, of documentation already. So reviewing the documentation, making edits to that, or if there's something that's not quite clear, um, that, that's something that, um, that definitely can, can contribute to as well. Well, great. You know, I look forward to seeing what the community does with this tool and what uh, what great things come out of it. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about this some more in the future on Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Mark. Have a good week. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.